back to the Doggy Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 109, Thursday, January 14th, 2021, and I have a quick pod for all of you this week. It's mid-January already. The college football season is now behind us. The NFL playoffs are heating up with the divisional round games this weekend and Super Bowl 55 just over three weeks away and a very exciting 2021 for the sports betting industry as a whole is upon us. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I will jump into some quick hitters and then take a look at each game on the NFL slate this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And we'll also hear from the resident Doggy Juice Pod degenerate, the Danimal, uh, who will let us know what plays he's on this weekend. Just a disclaimer that the opinions expressed on this podcast are always my own and do not reflect the opinions of PlayUp USA, PlayUp Limited, or any of its subsidiaries. All right, let's get started with some quick hitters. A special congratulations to Nick Saban and Alabama on winning the college football playoff national championship against Ohio State on Monday night. It was a season that many people didn't expect to finish, obviously, but uh, we got there. Plenty of bumps on the way, of course, but we got there. Bama ended up finishing the season very close to last year's Joe Burrow LSU team uh, in terms of their final power rating, uh, their final power rating number by my stuff, and historically very historically good as well. I mean, both of those teams would have been favored by any other team that I've done numbers on in my database since I started doing this. And looking ahead to next season, the Crimson Tide are already the favorite to repeat as champions next year, next season, sitting at around plus 350 consensus odds to win the college football playoff next January just ahead of Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, all at single-digit odds. Of course, you'd be crazy to want to tie your money up for that long at any of those numbers, especially with inflation imminent. New Jersey sports betting handle just missed the $1 billion milestone in the month of December. The state's sports books took in $996.3 million in handle in December, the highest ever monthly handle for any state in the history of sports betting, up 7% from November's number. Revenue after paying out winners was $66.4 million, which equates to a hold of 6.6%, resulting in $7.6 million in tax revenue for the state. Per legal sports report, year-over-year handle, 2020 handle in New Jersey was up 31% from 2019's $4.58 billion in total handle. $4.5 billion in all of 2019 and December 2020 alone almost hit $1 billion. Just shows you how much potential this has as the industry continues to expand. For all of you Michigan listeners out there, shout out to Oliver and Vinny. Online sports betting is very close to coming your way any day now. Of course, brick-and-mortar retail betting has been going strong in Michigan, um, relatively speaking, for months since it launched last March. But launching online is stalled as state regulators have slowly moved through the rulemaking process during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's about to change, though. Michigan Gaming Control Board Executive Director Richard Calm said Tuesday this week, Uh, during the board's monthly meeting that an announcement of approved online operators could happen any day, any time between then and and on Tuesday and January 19th, next Tuesday. So I think it's just going to be a matter of days instead of weeks. No doubt everyone's angling to be up and running before the Super Bowl. 
And the last I heard, there's going to be 15 online operators in Michigan in the early months, which will be great for betters to price shop and take advantage of the various promos that will be coming their way, you know, for the Super Bowl for March Madness. There's a lot happening right now when it comes to state-by-state sports betting legalization and just recent news over the last week we've heard Governor Cuomo in New York completely shift his stance on online sports betting. I touched on this in last week's episode and more coming on that in future episodes because Cuomo appears to just not get it, not understand what's going on and he wants the lottery to be in charge of everything and he should be taking a look in my personal opinion uh, and a lot of people's opinions at a state like Oregon that's struggling with the lottery system and running a single sponsored app and and Oregon itself is looking to change. You know, they had to learn the hard way, unfortunately, but the governor in Oregon uh, backed a new bill recently that was just introduced to change the Oregon setup entirely and make it a competitive marketplace. So uh, we've also seen news coming out of Arizona, Connecticut, and even Texas this week, although Texas is still a big long shot to see any sort of legal sports betting anytime soon, given the fact that any changes to the state's gambling laws will also require a constitutional amendment. These continue to be incredibly exciting times, obviously, in the sports betting industry here in the U.S. And as always, the Doggy Juice Pod is your home for the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization. All right, we've got some big games this weekend in the NFL. Uh, By the time Sunday night hits, we will have our Final Four with the NFC and AFC Championship games set for the following weekend. So let's take a look at each game this weekend, starting with Saturday's action. Starting with the Rams at the Packers. Packers laying six and a half, total at 45 and a half. I did scoop up uh, some of the plus sevens that were out there earlier in the week because the line did look a little bit inflated by my stuff. So I was happy to take uh, be part of that move because it went down to consensus six and a half. But the value has dried up at six and a half to the point where I wouldn't bet it at this current number. I mean, if you have to bet it and you're looking for pizza money on the game, that's still the way I go. But obviously, you're better off waiting for another seven to pop up and always shop around as well. Uh, the Rams, they're banged up, obviously. There's the Jared Goff thumb issue, plus the whole you know L.A. team playing in the cold weather angle. But I think that this line is accounting for, for all of that. And the Rams' defense ended up being one of the strongest units in the entire NFL this season, especially... Uh, you know, as the season progressed and people were, the market was slow to catch up on them. But uh, the Rams easily led the league in opponent yards per play at 4.6. Next was Pittsburgh at 5.0. Uh, that's a pretty big difference there. And they also led uh, the league in opponent yards per play in away games at 4.5 yards per play. And they finished fourth in defensive DVOA at Football Outsiders. Of course, the Rams are taking on a Packers offense that led the entire NFL in offensive DVOA this season, even ahead of the Chiefs. And They were second in yards per play on offense uh, and second in yards per play on offense in home games, the Packers. But I like the under in this one. I don't think that uh, the the consensus 45 and a half is obviously not as good as the 46 that could have had earlier in the week, but uh, the 46 that were widely available early in the week. But I think there's still enough value to get into play on the under here at 45 and a half in a spot where the Rams defense can slow down Rodgers and the Packers, and the well-rested Packers defense should be able to do the same thing against a stagnant Rams offense that's filled with injury issues. I know there's a knee issue to wide receiver Cooper Cup this week as well. He's questionable, but looks like if he even does play, that he's going to be less than 100%. So when you and Aaron Donald looks like he's going to be suiting up as well, and even if he's not 100%, his presence will surely be felt in this game. So I think there's just enough value to get into play on the under at 45 and a half or better and at 45 uh, or better for a reduced position. 
The Ravens at the Bills on Saturday night. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. Totals 49 and a half. Now it's gone down a teeny bit. Um, I did bet a decent position on the Rams at plus three minus 114 shortly after the lines went up for this one. And I do see value on the Rams at plus three at minus 125 or better. And, you know, just when you're talking about points, and this is an important point to make here because, you know, some people, some amateurs out there will be like, oh, okay, you said to bet, uh, you bet the Rams at plus seven. Well, I can buy plus seven for, you know, I can buy a half point and, and pay a certain amount of, you know, certain price. And you have to understand that buying onto numbers, it's, I don't want to have a black and white rule here not to do it, um, but that is one of the Doggy Juice Ten Commandments of sports betting, which is don't ever pay to buy a number. But there are exceptions to that, of course, because every number is not worth the same. And almost every time it's not worth buying any numbers. But just so you know, in today's NFL, buying on and off a three, which is by far the most commonly landed on game in the NFL, is worth about 19 cents, a little less than 20 cents. Um, and that's today, you know, a standard total in today's NFL. Obviously, it's different, you know, several years ago. But you have to understand the value of what you're buying on. So, so is buying on and off a three worth ten cents? Absolutely. So, if a book, you know, some some books will let you do that. Just pay ten cents to to buy, you know, from plus two and a half to plus three. Obviously, you do it in that scenario. Um, but is it worth buying a half point for ten cents from five and a half to six? You know, four and a half to five? Absolutely not. So you have to understand. Um, what you're actually doing, obviously, in terms of how much each half point is worth. And there's no cut and dry answer. Obviously, with a lower total, every point, every respective point is worth more as well. So the rule of thumb, though, you should think in your mind is roughly 20 cents, a little bit less buying on and off of three. So in that sense, the Ravens plus three minus 125 or better is the way I have this one graded. Uh, the line did move down to one, one and a half shortly after. Um, I took that plus three minus 114, but I'll be honest, I wasn't happy to see the market tick back up in this one to the consensus two and a half with added juice on the bills that we're seeing right now as I record this on Thursday evening. Um, it's effectively making the line you know, 2.70, 2.75 for all intents and purposes. But we know that the bills have become the number one public team to close out the year, close out the season in a spot where we got an inflated line last week as well in the game with the Colts. We were on the Colts last week. And this is a game where I, I have both teams power rated almost identically. And with home field in the NFL not worth even close to the full three right now for a multitude of reasons, taking the three points at the Ravens. And it's an easy decision for me this weekend. Um, I even have a model that has them slightly better than the Bills, even after adjusting <laughs> quite a bit on the Bills this season. Uh, be careful with the VIG, though. Like I said, if you're trying to buy onto the three, it is worth shopping around for a three, absolutely, instead of playing two and a half. But every price, you know, every number has its price. So be careful with the VIG, and of course, the money line at plus 125 or better is also a worthy play for your weekend NFL playoff card on the Ravens. Before I move on to Sunday's games, let's hear who our pal, the resident doggy juice pod degenerate, the Danimal, likes this weekend. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, the Danimal, back in frigid, cold, jail, lockdown, Chicago, missing the South like crazy, but what are you going to do? Two and two last week, eh, Bill should have covered, I know, up 14 or something in the fourth, but what are you going to do? I'll take two and two, but not happy about it. This week, three plays. First one, Packers. I saw it creep down under seven, six and a half, seems too easy. I don't know what it is. They're going to get up. Golf's going to have to throw the ball in Lambeau. Ain't going to work. Packers minus six and a half. Second play, huge play. Bills, Ravens, 
over 50. 49 and a half, but I think it's mostly 50 flat. Um, yeah, shootout. Buffalo, their offense is unreal. Rush defense, not that great. Not great against mobile quarterbacks. I think Lamar puts up some points. Give me Buffalo, Baltimore, over 50. Last play, Chiefs, minus 10. It's a huge spread in the playoffs. I guarantee Doggy Juice hates it. But rested Chiefs, Andy Reid, call it off a bye, whatever you want. Chiefs are rested. I guarantee there's ridiculous stats of Andy Reid. So I also saw one other stat, and I'm not a stat guy, but teams that scored over 40-plus points the next game, no bueno. 5-30 and 30 against the spread. Browns got lucky. That was a weird game. They're going to lay an egg. Chiefs are going to throw all over them. Chiefs minus 10. So three plays. Packers minus 6.5. Ravens bills over 50. Chiefs minus 10. We're running out of games here, boys. So I don't know. Go big. Take care, everybody. All right. Thank you to the Danimal. Always a delight to hear from him, even though... What he just said at the end there goes directly against one of our core principles here on the Doggy Juice Pod, and that's to never increase your bet size when there isn't any extra edge. Uh, the money from the Super Bowl or an NFL playoff game prints the exact same as the money in a college basketball game in the Horizon League on a Wednesday night. And like I've said, especially in recent episodes here, I think last week I touched on it, these NFL playoff games, uh, these lines are tight. Some of the tightest spreads that you're going to bet into all year long in any game in any sport Listen back to you know, last week's episode, like I said, when I dove more into betting and handicapping theory as it relates to these larger liquidity NFL games and even the college football national championship game, uh, but especially in, in the NFL playoffs and, and the Super Bowl. Uh, we love the Danimal here, and he has a knack for giving us winners over a long period, even though I don't always agree with his plays, but that happens, especially you know, that, that Bill's play last week. I mean, the Colts deserve that cover my friend the real bad beat <laughs> that one was the Colts first half plus three and a half if you bet it at that number but the Camby books in Illinois I know they had plus four and a half first half on the on uh, the Colts last weekend so as we always say here on at Doggy Juice Pod headquarters and the title of a recent episode even here on the podcast it pays to shop so always strive to get the best number in any bet you're going to make anyway moving on to the two Sunday games the Browns at the Chiefs. The Chiefs coming off the bye week, obviously, laying 10 points. Hefty number, 57.5 the total. The Doggy Juice Pod team of the year. The Browns, at least team of the year, you know, preseason value relative to market expectations. Um, we have equity in the futures on the Browns right now. If you snag them at 40 to 1 or 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl preseason, like I did, but can't really hedge that one and obviously not really looking to. Uh, obviously the Chiefs are laying $5 in some spots in this game. And as you just heard from the Danimal a bit ago, he likes the Chiefs in this one. And he was correct to say I would hate his play, not because I necessarily think that the Browns are massive value this week. Um, and everyone and their uncle knows how good Andy Reid is with extra time to prepare. He's, I looked it up, he's 19-4 and four straight up and against the spread in the regular season after the bye week. And his playoff record in that spot with extra rest is 6-2 and two straight up and against the spread uh, with extra time. But more so, I think that every pro-Chiefs and anti-Browns notion that you can come up with is already reflected in the market number, and even then some. And you always have to ask yourself when you're handicapping sports in these games, okay, what's my handicap for the game? 
And then when you arrive at your handicap and your number, you have to ask yourself if the market is already taking into account what you're taking into account uh, for the market number. And usually it is, and it's, there's not enough value to, to warrant a bet. And remember, we need to hit over 52.38% of our bets just to break even when laying the standard minus 110 VIG. That's why most bettors out there in the long run betting single sides, you know, they're flipping coins at 50% and they're bleeding out over time slowly. Uh, but the total in this game, it's ticked up from 55 to 57, 57 and a half, and I agree with the move. I didn't get involved in it, so I'm kicking myself a little bit for that, but I'm really looking to get involved uh, with the live betting here. But I do think that the Browns plus 10 and the first half is a value bet. It's not enough for you know a strong play by my stuff because obviously we're talking about the Chiefs with extra time, and it's the Chiefs and the Browns. Um, they have their issues as well, but it's just... It's all factored under the price. I think if there's just enough value to justify a small wager on the Browns at plus 10, um, increase the bet if it, if it ends up going above 10 and, and even hitting 11. Uh, but the first half as well, if, the, if a 7 hits, I'm seeing plus 6.5 is the consensus number right now. Would love to see plus 7 in the first half. That would be a very good play if we could see one. And the Dimers bot over on the quick pick section at dimers.com agrees, showing a 3.3% per, 3. edge with the Browns catching the full 10 points on Sunday and an even bigger edge on the money line at 4-1 to one odds. And finally, the Buccaneers at the Saints. The Saints are laying three points, and the total is 52 in that one. This is a very interesting game, and I'm not just saying this because I have Bucks futures at uh, 50 to one to win the Super Bowl that I, I bet before Brady even uh, signed on with them. Because if you remember listening to the podcast last season, uh, the Bucks were one of my strongest buy-on teams to start the year relative to market expectations. I was I'm a big believer in Bruce Arians; he's one of my favorite coaches, and that defense was really underrated by the marketplace to close out the year last year. And and uh, we made some good coin on them. And over the off season, I expected them to make the the leap, the natural leap. Um, but then obviously the whole Brady situation just sucked away all the market value after he signed, but I was fortunate enough to get down at the 50 to one before Brady signed and, and, uh, the team total season win total over at, um, I think it was eight when I got it uh, last. Yeah, it was, it was even seven and a half, I think before Brady signed. But anyway, the Bucks have double revenge after losing the first two in this matchup this year. And I'm going to take a little look back because it's a really interesting exercise uh, just to look at what the spreads were and what the market perception was for these two teams in their previous two meetings this season. But the first game was on opening week, week one. And the Saints were favored by about three and a half, four points at home in that one. The Bucks started out that game with a with a seven zero lead after the first quarter, but then the Saints won and they covered thirty four to twenty three. The second game was a very interesting one. That was a game where I had one of my favorite plays of the year and a featured bet on this podcast, and that was when the Saints were six five and a half point, you know, plus six five and a half point underdogs in Tampa Bay on November eighth. Um, with largely substantially the same teams. Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas both played in that game. Um, and actually, the Saints ended up completing passes to 12 different players in that game. But the Saints won the game 38-3. to It was a blowout. We're catching, you know, the line did come down before uh, before kickoff. I think it might have even closed plus four. But um, that was a strong play. That game should have been closer to a pick And there's just so much market value on the Saints that week that we bet them. And that was an easy cover. Um, and there could be something fundamental in this matchup here where this, the schemes and the matchups clearly side with New Orleans. I do slightly lean the Saints laying just three points here. Not enough to warrant a bet. I actually did. I, I scooped up some rogue plus three and a halves on the Bucks um, just when the market was moving 
uh, to plus three consensus or to three point spread consensus. So uh, might end up playing some Saints myself now, but uh, I really it's just one of those spots where I'm just fine with watching the game, rooting on my Buccaneers futures. Got to figure out what to do with the small position on Buccaneers plus three and a half that I have, but that's just my bet, and I know none of you care about that. So this is just a great game, I think, and, and the spread's right around where it should be. I definitely lean to the under in this one if you're looking to bet. Uh, the total in this game, two very strong defenses, and at 52, it's very close to getting there. It uh, doesn't show quite enough of an edge to... Um, to warrant, you know, to obviously over 52.38% to warrant a bet, but it's close. It's getting there. If it hits, you know, 52 and a half, 53, we're going to be in that range where I think it's worthy of a bet. So this is a, this one will be primo for live betting, I think. Lean Saints, lean under, which of course um, means that I'm going to lean um, Bucks team total under as well on this one at the right number. But shop around for the best price. Enjoy this game. This is going to be a perfect way to close out the weekend. And we'll have our final four set after uh, Saints and Bucks end up. Oh, yeah! All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram, at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, if you've learned more about sports betting legalization, or if you've added to your bankroll over the football season by listening, and we did have a very nice year with the podcast plays, then please rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Moving forward, I'm going to actually look to read off reviews on the podcast itself. So share something fun if you want to as well, maybe even a little betting angle or something like that. I'm all about the creativity. Anything that helps spread the word takes off 30 seconds to do that. really helps get the the pot out to more people who can benefit from it. At the very least, uh, if you could just leave a a rating, it takes 10 seconds. It would be much appreciated. And if you haven't entered it already, be sure to sign up for and play in the Dimers NFL Sweet 6 free-to-play competition brought to you by the Doggy Juice Pod. There's one each on both Saturday and Sunday this week. So one for each day of games. It's completely free to play, so 100% risk-free. It's easy to sign up and make your picks. All you have to do uh, for the Sweet Six is answer six questions. If you answer all six correctly, you win $1,000. That's it. And here's the questions for Saturday. I'm going to read all of them. So question one, who will win? Rams or Packers? Question two, what will the margin of victory be in that game? So, like, you know, you have it's an index bet, so Packers one by one to five, Packers by six to ten, etc. Number three, how many touchdowns will there be in the game? Number four, what will the margin of victory be in Bills versus Ravens? Number five, who will score the first touchdown at Bills Ravens? And number six, will Bills Ravens go over or under 49 and a half? It's a similar deal with similar questions for Sunday's contest. Just go to freetoplay.dimers.com and sign up. You answer those six questions, you go six for six, you take home $1,000. It's that simple. Like I said last week, I'm planning to make a bit of a schedule shift on the podcast moving forward as we move our way out of football season, likely with episodes being released earlier in the week on Monday or Tuesday. might not happen next week, but it's going to be happening soon, most likely, so stay on the lookout for that. All right, everyone, good luck with your action this weekend. Enjoy the games, and I'll talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out. <laughs>